that Satu is providing quality education as a priority to our children? That's the question we are asking. And joining me in studio right now is the South African Democratic Teachers uh, Union uh, General Secretary, Mugwena Maluleke. Thank you so much for coming in, Mr. Maluleke. Good morning and thank you for having us in it. Now, perhaps we should start by just looking at some of the more um, salient ones of the resolutions that were taken over the weekend. Mm-hmm. One of those resolutions is about how do we formalize uh, the condition of service for the teachers in the early childhood education sector, normally known as the ECD. Uh, critically, they were looking at what type of qualifications um, and what should be composed in that particular qualification, looking at the four-year-old and the five-year-old uh, learners because we believe that um, the, the, the foundation has got to be strong at that particular level. So that investment must go into that. That's one of the critical uh, decisions we've taken. We've also taken a decision really around the teacher development, which is a lifelong learning um, uh, for all the teachers that are employed, looking at how to improve their competences, how to improve their pedagogy, and how to improve their, their subject content knowledge um, in order to improve the quality of education. We've also taken a decision that look leadership in schools is critical and therefore we need to be able to train our principals and our deputy principal in a number of areas that we think uh, are a barrier towards learning and towards teaching one in terms of the motivation for our learners to learn motivation for our teachers to teach and all those particular things but critical also we have taken some decisions around the condition of service of our teachers um, in terms of their salaries in terms of their benefits which we believe that would have at least uh, an impact uh, on the teaching but also retaining quality teachers experienced teachers um, uh, because obviously teachers are resigning uh, in, in, in thousands precisely because of the incentives that are not there. Looking at your rural areas, looking at your township schools and so forth. Um, and maybe the other one that we think is very fundamental decision is about the infrastructure. We are saying we can't, <clears throat> we can't have any more reasons to give. Uh, we think that we, we are running out of reasons to give why our schools in the township and the rural areas are still different from the former model C schools. We are saying uh, in 20 years of our democracy, we think when we celebrate that we should be saying uh, there's something that is wrong that we have not been able to do. So let's improve those particular schools and ensure that the infrastructure, um, uh, recreation and, 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 and all these other things that are necessary, libraries, laboratories and so forth are, are, are there in our schools. So we say we can't apologize for that. Now, before we uh, flesh out some of these specifics, one of the criticisms that has been leveled at Satu is that Satu is way too concerned with playing ANC politics as opposed to uh, caring about what is happening in the classroom. And also just looking at what uh, you have given as some of the key resolutions to come out of your conference, where does the learner fit in all of this? Look, if you prioritize early childhood development, basically you are prioritizing the learner. In a way, you are, you are saying that, look, it is important for a learner in that particular area to be taught by a highly qualified person. Secondly, it is that the, learn, the, the teacher in that particular area must have the necessary competences and expertise. Now, you're not looking at mathematics and literacy in that level. A four-year-old child must not be taught maths and, maths and science or, or, or literacy. Basically, it's about preparing the learner to learn. So you need a person who has got understanding in psychology, social, uh, 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 you know, social, so, social issues uh, in terms of wellness so you need a person who would be able to understand the first 1000 days uh, of, of, 
of, of a child and then begin to understand how you link up with the, the, the capacity and the ability to learn. So we are saying we're prioritizing that in order to help, uh, you know, build a strong foundation for our children. If you're talking more about infrastructure in the schools, you're talking about laboratories, you're talking about libraries, you're talking about uh, sports uh, and recreation facilities. These are not for the teachers. These are for the learners because without those particular um, uh, resources that must be given to the schools, you are also adding to the barriers of learning because learners need to play. Learners learn through play. So those are the things. So we are saying, if you talk about uh, the incentive for rural areas, how do you then are able to retain highly qualified, experienced teachers in rural areas? They not they don't stay. To us, that is for the children. It is that if you give them incentives to be able to stay in the rural areas, you are benefiting the children. So whatever you do, whatever you call, if you say 15% for the teachers, what you are trying to do is to improve the, uh, the condition of service in order to impact on the achievement of our learners. So you don't do anything for the teachers without thinking about what would be the outcome. The intended outcome all the time is the improvement of the achievements of our learners. Now, you've explained uh, the ECD qualification and what the thinking is behind that. Now, when you talk about teacher development and saying that it's uh, that lifelong learning, continuous uh, teacher development that will improve the quality of education, what exactly do you envisage happening here? We are looking at a situation where on an annual basis we spend not less than 120 hours on a teacher all the teachers, where you are improving one, their competencies around the subject they're teaching. Secondly, about dealing with the methodologies and techniques of teaching, which are well researched, so that you improve how they teach, how they manage to interrogate the curriculum in order to benefit the learners. What we see it is that we have standardized too much in terms of the testing, rather than to ensuring that we have got intellectual exploration, uh, intrinsic motivation for the learners is explored more than what we are doing now. So that is what we are looking at. If I teach mathematics there's no way that you cannot take me to a clinic or a session where i am going to interact with experts in mathematics to improve my 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 my, my methodology of teaching my techniques of teaching but also to understand the content so don't teach. teachers come into the profession already having learned that look what do you learn at the college uh, is obsolete when you when you, when you, when you reach the school. The, the work environment is so different. It's unlike during the time when teachers were trained at the colleges. Now the teachers are being trained at the universities. Universities don't have time to spend with the students, uh, teachers who they take to the schools and then uh, critique them there so that they can understand the work environment. So on work training is no longer there. So that is a problem. So what you have got to do it is that look, we're living in a changing world. Uh, technology is changing everything. So if I teach mathematics this year, I cannot expect to know that next year the same subject is going to remain the same. Things are changing. Economics is changing. Language is changing because, look, we are talking about uh, uh, social uh, social media language now. The teacher must understand what the children are learning and what how the children are communicating. How do you then mitigate around those particular issues? So if you don't take the teachers on training uh, or in service training, you are likely to be lagging behind and the learners will be far uh, ahead of you in terms of knowledge see I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to understand how all of this leads us to a point where learners cannot read they cannot uh, they are not numerate essentially um, and this already starts at the foundation phase level you know uh, before they even hit um, higher primary school what is it about teachers training that is so lacking that they can't teach learners how to 
read because the way you were taught to read surely would still be the same to how you would teach a child to read in 2014 or has it changed it has changed how so <laughs> this changed in 1998 when we introduced outcome-based education there are certain things that were done away with uh, they were regarded as being apartheid let me give you an example about phonics um how the our teachers used to teach us phonics sounds how mm-hmm. to recognize the sound those were taken out of the curriculum uh, and then it was regarded as being apartheid we used to how could let... that have been apartheid and please explain this to me <laughs> maybe we need to understand from the the consultants that brought about uh, uh, outcome-based education to then say, no, a teacher is no longer a teacher. A teacher is now a facilitator. What we've got to go into the classroom is just to go and then say, teacher, uh, the teacher must ask the children, what did you use to come to school today? And the children say, oh, we use a taxi. And the child cannot even recognize a taxi, how to write a taxi, but at least each and every learner will be able to know that, look, I use a taxi to come to school. Um, because the, the issue was that you no longer have to deal with those particular things. And then we argued. As but how is that? Look, that's a question that we have kept on asking and we're still asking today to then say that is what had made our children not to be able to read. Our children are not numerate because the things that we used to have, like your arithmetics, where we used to have mental, you know, I'm calling it mental because it, it used to have to be called like that. So, you know, quick thinking, you know, quick computation uh, and so forth was no longer done. It was regarded as being apartheid and therefore uh, all of us obviously wanted to do away with apartheid and then I think uh, Satu uh, was opposing outcome basic education but at the end of the day we ended up accepting that that is the new curriculum. Mr. Maluleke I'm going to argue that you and your teachers completely misunderstood and I would perhaps venture into mitigating that the departmental officials who were tasked with actually conveying and um, uh, doing the teacher development around outcomes-based education may have misunderstood this themselves but that is not what outcomes-based education said it never said do not teach children road counting it never said do not teach children mental skills for solving uh, uh, mathematical problems that was never said it was never even implied because if you looked at the learning outcomes if you looked at the assessment standards teachers had to go through those steps in order for children to actually meet the assessment outcome there I had a workshop where I had called uh, the departmental officials, six of them, my young teachers, one of my HOD, very young, very dynamic, argued with the teacher, with the, with, the, with, with the trainers and said, how on earth are we going to be able to teach our children if you come and say to us, we are no longer timetabling, we are no longer going to be um, looking at how the children have access, we are going to be told by the children how ready they are. My, that young teacher, I still remember, is now part of the task team where we are, where, where we are interrogating the curriculum. Very young teacher. He argued with them to an extent that those particular consultants left the room because he was as, as a school, we are going to refuse to implement this particular thing because if you are saying to us that we must not teach phonics, we must not teach um, uh, arithmetics in terms of, you know, uh, uh, mental uh, exercises where the learners must be able to know mathematics and all those, we are not going to do that. That is why they un- misunderstood it. That's why Merrimet Kalf uh, even called microwaving the teachers because then the teachers were to be concentrating on the details of the curriculum such as we have changed the scheme, it's no longer a scheme, is this. So we're concentrating on the terminology rather than what we're supposed to be 
teaching the learners. So I agree fully with you. So it was a huge mess all around. It was a huge mess. That's why it was microwaving. And therefore, we need to change that and then begin to say, why is it important that we have got teacher development? We are saying it's important because a teacher has got to improve the knowledge and the pedagogy uh, on an annual basis because we are living in a changing world. So you can't pretend that everything remains the same when in actual fact things are changing. So the outcome-based education, I agree, if we had understood it in the manner in which it was meant, uh, it would be something. But unfortunately, that the very same curriculum is resource-dependent, and you need to agree with me that it had made certain assumptions in terms of the fact that a, a rural school would be having a computer. And therefore, in terms of the outcomes of saying, no, look, you are going to uh, collect data, you're going to analyze those particular things, it did not take into account the training the teachers had, which did not take into account research. But Mr. Maluleke, collecting data does not necessarily imply that you need a computer. You can go and collect data by interviewing people. You can come up with a questionnaire, go around, collect data by you know those sort of methods and which is very worrying because i think that in a sense points to all of the misconceptions that are going on amongst educators in the field of education but i want to move on to the the the, the question of the anas the annual national assessments what is uh, uh, um, satu's gripe with the anas look we have agreed that ana should be conducted first and foremost as a diagnostic tool to assist us to understand the level at where we are in terms of our learners, literacy, numeracy and so forth. But our gripe it is that it cannot continue to be the um, the only thing that we think that we must be concentrating on because it has got its own consequences. One, it is that it's being used to label now. It is no longer a diagnostic tool. It is now being used to label the teachers. It's used to label the schools in terms of the dysfunctionality of those particular schools. Secondly, it is that we can't be obsessed with testing. We must, all of us, be concentrating on the strategies, having understood the findings uh, of Anna, to then say, no, look, we are at this particular level. What research have we conducted? What training have we done to ensure that, indeed, the teachers are able to uh, address those particular barriers, address those mm-hmm. particular things that are being done? I have not had anybody arguing that we have not seen an intensive program put in place to address those particular things, except that everyone is arguing about Anna. Anna has given us a foundation. Now let's use it and then see that we have intervention strategies, we put them in place, we evaluate them, then we come back in a three-year cycle to ensure that we are able to again put that particular test and say how far have we gone. But isn't a three-year cycle too long considering that a child would have moved through an entire phase already in three years? I mean, surely you want to evaluate at logical steps in that uh, performance where the child is at if if anna was used for that it would be something else but if anna once you begin to demotivate the teachers by labeling them and all those particular things not taking into account what really is impacting on learning are we testing that we see this is to us it's just a political slogan to say we are raising the bar we're raising the scores it's about accountability it is about uh, the standard and so forth. it's not isn't that, that important look it is not because those, it's the test doing that are we going to achieve that i would say no we're not going to achieve that because what we're testing what we think is measurable sometimes is not educational Sometimes it's not going to help because how are you going to understand that a child who comes from a socio-economic background that is so low, 
what is you know what is taking place in his mind when he writes Anna because those are things that you cannot measure so those things we need to understand so that we then say look let's ensure that we encourage you know um, uh, uh, intrinsic motivation let's encourage interaction with the curriculum and let's be critical about that so we are saying whilst we agree that there must be testing let us not do that frequently because at the end of the day it does not give us enough time to implement the strategies and say the system is at this particular level now and so forth so we are saying that we are not rejecting the Anna we are saying we need to change how it is being conducted because at the moment it is no longer being used for what it was intended to be used and that we have got so many tests so many so many evaluation standards in the country we need to synergize them so that they can be able to give us what we want in conversation this morning uh, with uh, satu general secretary mr